0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Kodahee with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome back to the Hard Shoulder, Kieran Kudahy with you until seven o'clock. Claire McKenna, presenter of Alive and Kicking, which is available now as a podcast, is with me. Claire, what are we talking about?
1: We're talking about active listening. And the reason is I had a guest on Sunday's show that I think will really stay with me. I'm sure people ask you all the time, I mean, who who really sticks out in your mind when you think of people you've interviewed? Kerry Katona. That will stay with all of us. Yeah, that was (laughs) a really good interview. Um, Quite often, though, it's not the big prolific names. It might be somebody that had a a bigger story to tell or a very personal story. And this guest was one such as that. So Neve Malone was her name and she was working as a stroke nurse when she had a stroke herself. And in her recovery, her social anxiety, which she'd had for as long as she could remember, came back really badly. And... As she said she had hidden disabilities so she looked fine she got sent home from hospital but she was sitting in her house and she didn't feel any connection to any of the things around her or that she could go back to work or get
0: back to social situations What do you mean she didn't feel a connect like she she recognized them like it's not an amnesia thing
1: no, she just didn't feel... No
0: emotional connection to anything. She
1: was looking at the clothes thinking, do I wear these clothes? I obviously do because this is my house, but I don't feel that. She was looking at the books all right. and saying, I don't feel any connection. But she said one of the things that really helped eventually in her recovery was to let go of all of that. And if she fancied reading a book, she read it. She wasn't trying to get back to who she was before... But it was something she said about listening and she has a piece, she ended up going on to set up an online platform to help people in similar situations. Getting back to a social situation, she has educational videos, tips, because she found that when it came to support from friends and family, she was coming into conflict with all of them because even with the best of intentions, we forget to really listen to what the person is saying. We're just saying, ah, you'd be grand and would you not just get back and would you not just try that? And it ended up being conflict. So that's why she set up this platform, Alum Healing. Um and I just decided I wanted to talk about active listening. And it reminded me of somebody else I had a few years back, Dr. Derek Smith. And he was saying there's a big difference between hearing and listening, so hearing we can do involuntarily. We can, you know, hear somebody speaking in the room, but we're not really listening. I do yeah. to my children all of the time, but to really, <laughs> yeah, actively yeah, listen, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> are you there? You need to just not feel that need to fix somebody, and people will be surprised, even in a therapist situation. They don't tell you what you should do or give you any answers or try and fix you. They just hold a safe space with the mm-hmm. training and qualifications they
0: have so for that, you to talk. So is that what therapists are good at, active listening?
1: Yeah. And asking those high mileage questions, as they're called, that help you to to delve that little bit deeper and saying, what do you think might have helped there? And how, do you, how did that make you feel? But mm. they're not saying, well, what you should do with your mother, your husband, your brother, your work situation is... They're just leaving you because what they say is most psychology out there is that people ultimately know what they need or what's going on for them. They just need a little bit of help and time to get there. they,
0: They must feel tempted, though, to intervene at times. You know, imagine they said, and Claire, what do you think would have helped there? And you kind of say, I'll be honest with you, I think it would have been helpful if I just hit the kids. I don't think they'll respect me unless I hit them harder.
1: Well then you'll have and a then, you'll have a call to Tusla for uh, for, maybe
0: for sure. Maybe that's an extreme example, but you know what I mean. Maybe you might have said, you know what would have been have if I just left, if I just packed up in the middle of the night when when all the kids were asleep and I just left them. I think I'll do that. You know there'd be a temptation, surely, as therapists say. You know what? Like I'm not. You know I'm not here to tell you what to do, but don't do that. Like, yeah, that's I mean awful. I'm sure
1: there are situations where they do step in. Um And there are dangerous situations and obviously they're speaking to people involved in all kinds of trauma, yeah. very dark situations. But ultimately, I suppose we're talking as a friend to friend, peer to peer listening. Sometimes we forget we don't need to fix the other person. We just need to meet them where they're at and hear what they have to say. So
0: what are the other high mileage questions then that therapists are so brilliant at that... we could or should use ourselves
1: something Dr. Derek Smith had said was that we should never say ah you'll be grand and you should always validate where somebody's coming from so we're always trying to rationalise something and say ah well you just this and ah maybe it was this don't do that just say "I I hear you I know what you're saying or yes I understand another thing he said that we should never say is why why did you do that Or why do you think that? Because why already has a bit of a judgment involved in it, which I would never have really thought before. Yeah, There's no need for that. You literally just need to just listen and hear what they have to say. But aside from involuntary hearing and, and, and active listening, there is also empathetic listening and that's, another form again where you're really going beyond just the nod and the smile and all that and you're taking it a little bit on so you can kind of mirror what they're doing. So with body language, you're really paying attention to the body language and you might do the same to help them feel a little bit more comfortable or if you see that they are really sitting in a tight, arms folded kind of way, you might get a bit more relaxed and notice their breathing and, and really pick up on more than what they're saying and see how they're feeling.
0: Is it something we should be applying in work? In work situations?
1: In work, you take it a step on again because obviously you're trying to really resolve something. You are actually trying to resolve a situation. So it's a bit different than a friend coming who's in a tough situation. But again, the key is not to try and advise. You want to withhold judgment. You want to give them the space But then they talk about... You can't
0: go through your life withholding judgment all the time.
1: Well, just outward judgment. No, sometimes
0: people need to know they're being judged, don't they?
1: I don't know. Not in a time of of extreme trouble if you really want to help them.
0: Yeah, if they're going through some personal trauma, yes, of course. But I mean, in all situations, they're not like... Some people relish a little bit of pressure. You know? And that pressure might include you know, that they're going to be judged on the quality of what they do.
1: I don't agree. I don't think there's anyone puts any more judgment or pressure on themselves than themselves. Like, so, okay, we've enough of that going on in our own head. Why didn't you do this? And you should have done that better. I don't think you need to maybe, hear that.
0: Maybe, yeah. Maybe you should have it For
1: Maybe, maybe. But to empower somebody to take action... I don't think they need to be told yeah. what you think because it's only your perspective of the situation. Like I have a couple of friends, I think it's just the stage of life I'm at. I have a good few friends, I could count them all on one hand who are going through serious breakups. There's no point in me saying what they should do. I don't know what's happening with in the other person's perspective. This is just one area that I'm getting. I'm hearing one side of a story. So there's mm. no point in saying, why don't you do this? And why didn't you do that? And have you done that? All you need to do is listen yeah. and say, is there anything I can do? And I think sometimes we forget that because it's a very well-intentioned urge to fix or to help or to seek solution. And we should just let people do it on their own. But if you are in a work situation, a big tip that's given is to reframe what you've heard and repeat it back to the person. So you would say, so, Kieran, what you're saying is that judgment is okay, that okay. it is okay to put somebody in. What,
0: what I'm hearing is you exposed yourself in the bathroom, but can you, I'm not going to ask you why you did it, Claire, but what were the feelings you had that prompted you to expose yourself?
1: Again, I think you've chosen a very extreme situation where we wouldn't really sit down and have a chat. We would have been escorted from the building and you'd be getting a very serious letter from HR. But I, I get your point, yes.
0: Alive and kicking is available as a podcast now. Claire McKenna will talk to you at the same time next week. We'll get the news headlines now. Here's Eamon. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.